Okay, uh, let's see. You know what? We're in the minority. There's not much of a majority in the majority. <laughs> always, always in the minority. <laughs> okay. Is that the white people? I think I got it. Okay. Here we go. Sorry about that. We are in uh, Philippians chapter 4. And at, uh, we started last week just on this one little section. And we really didn't finish it. And there was no need to hurry through it. And I said chapter 4, didn't exactly chapter 3. And we did verse 12, and I think we had gotten into chapter 4, verse 13. It's about where we stopped. Chapter 3. I keep saying chapter 4. Maybe we ought to go into chapter 4 since I keep saying that. But I'm not ready for that one anyway. Just taking a little chunk out of here, it's about pressing towards the goal. I think the title is called Press On. And uh, what we did in verse 12, Paul says, hey, I have not obtained it. I don't have perfection. There are people that believe in perfection. Yeah. Uh, Nazarenes teach that you can be perfect without sin. And Wesleyan Methodists actually believe that you can reach a perfection or you get to the point where you don't sin. And we all know biblically that is not correct. Nazarenes and the Wesleyan Methodists have always been known for that. It's a perfectionism. Exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Tired to bring your brain to do anything, just leave you alone. <laughs> just brain can't do anything anymore. Well, and uh, anyway, he says, I haven't obtained it. So it's a great verse to show that what well, Paul hadn't, how do you think you could be? Uh, I've not become perfect, but I press on. Keeps on, you know, he presses on. He. Uh, keeps his foot to the, you know, pedal to the metal, right? So that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. So Christ pursued Paul, and just like Christ pursued Paul, Paul now pursues Christ in this race towards the goal. He pursues him because what Christ did for him. Then he says in 13, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. I'm not perfect. I haven't laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, and that's kind of where we left off last week, but one thing I do, I mean, he is focused. He's concentrating on this. It's a focused concentration. And there's a negative and there's a positive. And the negative being forgetting what lies behind, and that would be the negative, and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's a couple other verses there we might hit on. So Anyway, that kind of gets us up to where we're at. We'll get into that negative and positive and, and then uh, show the motive uh, about the prize. Father, we thank you for this... Uh, Day. Thank you for the time that we have and uh, studying your word. And uh, may we uh, truly honor you, focusing in on what you're about, who you are, what you have for us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, in 13, forgetting what lies behind, that's the negative. Reaching forward is the positive. Um, it's talking about eliminating the past. Okay, don't look back. Okay, uh, we've all watched a runner look back. I think we talked about this a little bit. You never uh, will have a winner. If the runner looks back and he's looking down at the ground, he's trying to run. You don't win races that way. And so that is the idea. 
We don't look around with what's going on around our lives. We press on forward. Um, that's what's relevant. And that's what is uh, dealing with a maximum effort. And that's that's the idea on our walks, on the race that we're in. It's putting forth a maximum effort in our Christian life, not just playing around with it. So he says, make a break from the past. You know, forget that. Those things, no matter what, they're done. And what kind of things would those be? Everything. Everything. Good things, bad things. How about achievements? Virtuous kind of deeds, works we've done. Great accomplishments. Uh, boy, back in those good old days, right? Those don't do any good anymore, though. We're, uh, we're past those. We move on. So it's good things. It's bad things. Uh, bad things, sins, inadequacies, uh, failures, disasters. Everything that's gone wrong, forget that because it doesn't do any good anymore. We've moved past that. Forget it all. That's right. Forget it all. It has nothing to do with the future. It has nothing to do with right now. Um, we cannot uh, live on our past victories. Our past sins can debilitate people if they uh, hang on to those sins and say, yeah, but here's the thing that you know still weights me down. You know, I don't even want to do it. I don't do it anymore. But it's so part of my life. They have burdens of guilt so that that negative sense is always there. It doesn't matter what sin that we've done in the past. We confess it. God forgives. We move on. He doesn't want us to hang on in that past tense. Um, and a lot of people on the positive side have had accomplishments and such. That's good. Well, it's just not like the old days. We've always, always heard that. But the old days are exactly that. They're old. You, you can't be there anymore. No matter how good it was, you can't be there. Church, well, we, we don't we never do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe that's Well, that was in the past, but now it's a different. good thing. Yeah, well, yeah, because change, they don't like change. They've yeah. never done it that way before. And you're kind of going, well, maybe change. Yeah. People change. Yeah, they should be Things change. Everything changes. Sometimes I hate change. I don't like it at all. Yeah, a lot of things. things. But uh, <laughs> hey Mick, good to see you. So if we have change, it's like okay it can be for good. Change can be for bad too. Uh, I know at our work a lot of things are changing there. It makes me kind of nervous. Because you wonder what are they going to do next? You know, all it does is complicates things when they do that. Usually, it's not for the better. And then you see people leaving because I think because things had to change so much that they said, "I'm getting out of here." And we have a high turnover where we're at. I mean, it's incredible. Enough. People just seem like they're quitting every week. There's somebody different moving on, getting out. Huh? Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm just talking about in our in our DNR, our uh, water protection program that we're in, and it's just changing just constantly, and it kind of bummed me out because we had a person in our unit that the first of the month uh, moved to a different job in our same basically area, but not in our unit anymore, and uh, then we had somebody today. Uh, sent out an email right at the end of the day saying they're here for one more week and they'll be gone. And that's a person downstairs dealing with accounting. They're not in our same area. But I have to deal with them constantly when there's somebody there that I can really count on when I have a problem to be solved. And only them can do it. And uh, she's helped me a lot down through the years, so she's going to be gone. I'm going, oh no. Because <laughs> they've had a lot of changes in that area. And it hasn't been for good. It's been a lot of a lot of problems, a lot of errors. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Debbie. You work for the state. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But you lose a lot of people because things change. Things can change. They can be good. Things can change. 
be bad. It got me to thinking, boy, I am really glad that God never changes. We'll always change. You know, every day we change. You know, we we have cells that die, and of course we get new ones. It's changing constantly. Sometimes we don't even know it. But we uh, we change a lot. Of, you know, it could be from attitudes to you know whatever. You know, we we can change for the good. Can't we? If you're a Christian, hopefully that's what we're talking about right here in our in our text. Oh, here we go. Might need one. This is called press on. Yeah, I've done it. Got that one? Yeah. Okay. For like me, my life changed, and I can't live in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, what does he say? Press on. But God doesn't change, even though we do change. And of course, we would like to think that as we're changing, we're pressing on. But that you might like what that change, I mean, so we had nothing to do with it except for God is making you change. Right. But it wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> you know, it was all good and stuff like that. I mean, so sometimes reflecting back in the right thing is fine because you, you count the blessings sure. of realizing that He did give you grace all that time, you know, with your spouses and stuff like that. That Yes, there's it. So it's not always And when we say forgetting, we're talking about those things dominate our thoughts and we can't move on. Well, now, the enemy does that mean get rid of our memories? No, those memories are Well, the enemy, it's when the enemy is using those past sins right. the past or life, past victories. Right, and uses them to, to, to build us up or to tear us down. Yes. He's really good about that. But if you like, had a neighbor that her little baby died, you know, we had just moved in and came when we were really young. She was living in the past. She never changed the bedroom. She was still, she was right. stuck there. She never. So yeah. So yeah. Sometimes you can't live in the past. Right. right. Because it's going to keep on going whether right. we want to or not. That's the most important. And, it, and sometimes it takes time to change things. I, I came once in a while I thought it was interesting the other day you were saying that they were uh, wanting that one guy wanted you guys to work on this coming Sunday on Mother's Day, you know. But it was it was Sunday, and you said and Saturday and Sunday, and, and you said, well, you know, I don't I'm not too fond of working on Saturday, but I I I, I can do that. He says I'm not working on Sunday. I go to church. That's quite a bold statement. And of course, I think you have a boss that actually goes to church on Sunday too, doesn't he? So I don't know. You still have your job too. <laughs> well you had a you had you, you you stood firmly on what you wanted to do and, and obviously uh still working pretty good. So that's good. That's Yeah. Yeah, they never really have done that before. It's kind of funny that they want to do it on a Mother's Day. Up. We didn't work Saturday or Sunday or Sunday night because of the rain. Thank the Lord. The Lord, the Lord, kind <laughs> Lord worked that out, didn't The Lord kind of just makes those certain things happen. Like, oh, okay. But you, like I said, you stood what you know is right. So what we say, what, what, what is happening is the Lord is changing us. He uses a lot of things. It can be drastic things, but he's going to work all these things for good. But um, you know, the, the a runner doesn't go into his blocks, get himself ready, and then then there are others around him. He says, "Hey, I want you to know, I've got a lot of championships. I've been really good. I've won gold medals. 
You know, you know, nobody wants to hear that. Who cares what you did? It's what you do now. That doesn't matter, right? Those medals are, you can have fun with them, but uh, they mean nothing here. You know, you got, you're in a different race. Um, what, what God is interested in is what we're going to do now. You know, and where we're going in the future. You know, churches are full of people where they've held on to, whether it be grudges or different perspectives, junk from the past. You know, they can be paralyzed by it. And so churches can be living on, on uh, things of the past that they've done good. Or there can be a lot of sin there that the churches have had and they continue to do the same stuff. This is why Paul would say, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward, um, disappointments, temptations of the past, uh, things that depress us. He says, forget those kind of things. Put your hand to the plow. Don't look back. Pursue the prize. Reach forward. And that's where the second one comes in. So negative is, you know, don't keep living in the past. What's the positive here in verse 13? Reaching forward to what lies ahead. Now that's the positive. Uh, the word there is epectenomai. Ectenis. It means to uh, stretch a muscle to the maximum, to the very limit. It's there's uh, epek in that word, in, in that Greek word, or you have ek, which means out, and ep is after. It means to reach out after. Uh, it means to give every effort that you can to stretch the muscle as far as it can it can go. Uh, it's like a runner stretching out his muscles right at the end of the race as he's trying to. Uh, to win it there. Everything's in front of him. So he's stretching out to the max. That's the idea, as, as he says, uh, reaching forward to what lies ahead. Focus concentration. Dealing nothing with the past. Looking at the goal. Not looking down. Not looking at the sides. Looking straight on. Of course, what, what is the goal? Well, of course, what we're looking at is up ahead here, it's the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And we'll try to divvy that up a little bit. Um, my goal in life is, you know, and you can take ministers uh, of Christ, servants of Christ, the goal is not to build a big church, although many have that as their major goal. It's not to succeed in the church, those are worthy, that's good, but my goal in life is not to develop programs. My goal in life is this. The goal is Jesus Christ. Pursuing Him as, as we uh, look to this verse 13 and 14. That is the pursuit. It's to be like Christ. Uh, last week we checked out Romans 8 for a moment and this is the focus it's so easy to forget sometimes in um, 28 for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son that's the whole idea that's exactly what God's plan and purpose is, and that's what our purpose and plan is. And as we do that, that's how we give the most glory to God. Wanting to be like Christ. That's the one thing I do. Paul, that's what he said here. Uh, verse 13. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do. Reaching forward to what lies lies ahead there. That's that's the legitimate perspective there. We, we get into verse 14 now. This is the heart of the passage. This is really where it's all at. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call 
of God in Christ Jesus. Ah, this is it. This is the meat. This is the heart of Christianity. This is what it's all about. This is where it's at. I press, I pursue. It's a continuous effort here. If you uh, look up the uh, the tense here, uh, the word for press, press on, it has uh, the word kata in it. means down. Uh, to bear down. It means to bear down. I continuously bear down on what? The goal. I bear down towards the goal. Uh, what's the goal? Well, what did we say already? To be what? To be like Christ. Uh, that's what we pursue. So you bear down on the goal with this focused concentration. It's a maximum effort. This is a, it's like winning the race. So at verse 14, we get the motive here. It's for the prize. I press on toward the goal for the prize. You say, okay, goal, prize, what, what, what's, what's going on here? We bear down for this, right? What do we say the goal was? To be like Christ, right? What's the prize? It's to be made like Christ. Because at the very end of it, that's what is going to happen to us. Look at 1 John chapter 3. It's verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. Get that in your head. We're children of God. We belong to Him. It's not appeared as yet what we will be. It's kind of like what what John is saying here is kind of like what Paul is saying in Philippians here. We know when He appears, we will be like Him. Because we will see Him just as He is. That's amazing. You see, we say, well, we want to be like Christ, and when we really look at ourselves, we go, oh, I'm a long way away. You know, you get disappointed with that because that's our whole goal. Well, we are to be like Christ today, but the thing is, we're never going to be perfect. We are not going to be there. We're not going to attain it. As Paul has said in verse 12, not that I've already obtained it. That was Paul. So if it didn't happen with him, what about us, right? But the thing is, that's encouraging because we are being changed, aren't we? But there will come a time when, okay, we've had some changes. We are better than we were. The fact of the matter is, we're not there yet. But when it happens, all of a sudden, with that little bit of changes that we've had, all of a sudden, everything will be changed at uh, that point that we see Christ. And you know, ultimately what that, uh, what that is is glorification, isn't it? Uh, that's the prize. To see Christ as He is and to what? To be like Him. And no matter how hard it is here, all of a sudden it's like, an instant change where we will be like Him ultimately. That's the whole goal. So the goal is the prize. When He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize, the goal is the prize. The prize is the goal. Does that make sense? That's what He's pressing on to. It's kind of like putting a double statement on it. He's emphasizing His uh, statement here. And it's the reward of the race. If we know that at the end of the race that we get a reward, and that's what we're shooting for, of course the reward is the ultimate, right? If we know that that's what it is, that motivates us. And we'll be perfect in Christ. Someday we'll be like Him, as 1 John 3 says. That's why we look at something like this and it encourages us on because it's for forgetting that, that past and saying, okay, this is a new day today, right here. Yesterday's gone. Today is here. 
I'm going to press on. Right here today. Next day, we press on. Keep doing it. And that's the... I think that's promising, isn't it? Because if we got regrets, we don't have to hang on to them. We move on. That's the beauty of it. And knowing that, okay, even if I stumble, and I will, as I continue on with this, I know for sure that I will be ultimately like Christ. Live in the light that's being called out of this world. and We're going to be in the very presence of Christ. All that glory, eternal reward. So how committed should we be when we run this race? That's really what Paul is saying. It's absolute commitment, isn't it? I'm waiting for perfection with God. It's changing me. Someday, it's going to happen. And I know it. Do you guys know it for sure? And it won't be because you did it. It'll be because of Christ. We'll do it. Accomplished some things here. Hopefully a lot. Same time, it's still not going to compare with what that ultimate prize is. So that's what he's saying here in the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The upward call. That's the calling that uh, is ultimately. We know know we've been called to salvation, right? But we're called in the point that it's glorification. Presence of Christ. Made the finish line. That's, That's a motivation. Upward call call is to Christ. We're called to Him in heaven. That's ultimately what it is. Of course we have a call now, but at the time of death, on the track, running faster than ever at that call, made into His likeness, and to know Him like we never have known Him before. Is it worth it? That's what we're shooting for. That's the prize. This is real. We don't see it right now physically, but the word right there says it's there. It's a it's a long way on this track. It's around the bend, but we know where it's at. But don't you think though, like when you're going, like you said, there, so you're talking about while we go the backward. You know, when you're looking backwards or you're running backwards, (coughs) I think that's where you kind of forget what the call is all about. And that's where a lot of Christians fade away because they've lost, they've forgotten that they're in a race. You know, they're looking, like I say, they look backwards at whatever the word, what worked, what didn't work for them, or whatever. Like and can it be disappointing? Yeah. Look back, wow, as in, nothing's really happening. I mean, because you, you do get certain points in your life, but you're going to sit there, like I said, they said you, I've always said, I think he lets us make assumptions. Would you say it? discouragements? Disillusionments. Well, he lets us make assumptions about things for a while to drive us to a certain area for a while, but then it seems like after a while, he 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 displays that 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 you made an assumption about something that that's not really what he's about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that too. But I just I've always been there's a lot of older Christians, people that have been in the faith, and they leave it and they walk away, and you always wonder why. They forgot. They've forgotten about the call. Is what they've done. They've let all the turmoils of everything in life around them kind of consume their thinking, and then that they forget who they are and what they're about. You know, it's like it's like this. This race is too hard for me. That, that's longer. why that Paul is saying the upward call. Look where you're really going. Things in this life really not not really worth much. Yeah. They're they're not going to be here for eternity. Right. The upward call is dealing with eternity. And so we want to take all that we can with us that the Lord has worked in us, you know, but, uh, and of course, that's investing into the kingdom. We're talking about that Sunday, you know, and that's, you know, where your treasure is, your heart is also. So, really, if people would understand that, listen, in this race, it's hard. It's, you have to be disciplined. 1 Corinthians 9 talks about that. This is talking about discipline too, but it's keeping the eye on on Christ. Uh, uh, Hebrews twelve, Hebrews twelve is beautiful. Right after the Hall of Faith, 
in that hall of faith, it's people that have overcome. Every one of them went through persecutions and trials and mentions one after another after another. Did you get into chapter 12? Let's look at verse, uh, well, right at the end of verse 1. It says, Run with endurance the race that is set before us. They all have their race. Now, here's verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. He starts the faith, and then what does he do? He completes it. He started the faith in us, didn't he? He's the author. He started it. He wrote it. And then he completes it. He perfects it. And right at the end, he will. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. You know, there was a lot of shame on it. And is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So that's what Jesus did. And then verse 3 says, For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So don't be surprised that it's hard and it's tough, and that people are going to try to tell you what you're doing is not is not worth anything, because Christ too would overlook And so who, where do we point at? Fixing our eyes on Christ. Look at Him. Look at His nature. Look at His person. You know, what He's about, what He did. And, of course, He had the joy set before Him. He endured the cross. He died. He knew He was going to die. And it said, for the joy that was set before Him, the joy was, is that He did what He was to do to save us. It took that. It took that... Uh, dying on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins. And he did that with great joy. So, with that in mind, as the Hebrew writer says that, consider Christ. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Paul's saying here in Philippians the same thing. And it's real. So sometimes we forget that we are in the race. Or if we remember we're in the race, we forget what we are in the race for. To be like Christ. So we get into verse 15, and he says, Let us therefore. Now, because of this, we have seen this race and how we are to focus on Christ. Keep your eyes on the prize, keep your eyes on the goal. If you do that, therefore, as many as are, this is interesting, perfect have this attitude. And if anything, you have a different attitude. God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. Uh, In pursuing the prize, we have to recognize the divine resources to pursue a better condition that we're looking for. Now, follow the thought here. You'd say, okay, why would Paul throw in that word perfect? Because he's already used that word perfect. And it can be. And we won't dismiss that one. As many as are perfect. Now, he's used that same word earlier whenever he said, not that I've already obtained it, or have already become perfect. Now, if we use the word mature there, it would not be in the context, would it? We know that for sure because Paul's saying that he's not mature. Well, we'd have a problem with that because Paul was mature. Paul said, follow me, right? He wrote Scripture. Uh, most, I mean, the good part of the New Testament was written by Paul. Uh, we know he was a very godly man. And if anybody as an example of what a Christian is as living for Christ, Paul's a good one to look at, isn't he? But I think he was mature there. Could it be that he means mature here? Usually when it says perfect, that we are to be made perfect. If it's not talking about the glorification, it's talking about we are to keep 
maturing. And, and it can mean that, it does mean that. Look at the right context. But let's take it look at, take a look at another way too. And a lot of commentators would really would, would say that. And I would say, I get it. In that context, if he's already used it, it's like, hmm, Paul, what are you saying here? Okay, you're not perfect, but as many as are mature have this attitude. Well, that would make sense. But could it be also that? And as he's writing to the Philippians, do you know that he is speaking against, um, I guess he's using a polemic or an argument against the Judaizers. you remember the Judaizers? They brought in the law. They brought in circumcision. You could be a Christian, but you have to do all these laws that the Jews did. And a lot of them were going around saying they were what? They were perfect. They had arrived. Paul said, I went through all of those things. I was the what? The the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew a Hebrew. Chapter three, the same chapter we're in. We looked at that last week. You know, and he went through all that. He's you know, he what was he saying? At that time he thought he was perfect. He thought he had arrived. Righteousness. And then he realized that it was only Christ Jesus that he was to be found in. And he, had, he was not perfect, and that's why by the time he gets into verse 12, hey, I'm not perfect. And what's he saying there? He's not talking about maturity there, is he? We know that. So if he keeps with that same idea of that perfect, let us therefore, as many as are perfect, as many as those Judaizers are, if you're really, if you're perfect, some of them were going around saying that they were sinless. They maybe he's using sarcasm, or he goes to the fact, okay, now if you're mature, using that same Greek word, but this time in a different way. So you've got two different ways you could take it, and they probably could both be right. But I definitely think he's been addressing. The people in Philippi and watch out for those Judaizers and those ones who would say they're perfect the ones that say we've reached perfection so as many as are reached perfection have this attitude what he just spoke about and if you have a different attitude well let God work on you alright is kind of the thought there but uh, so the idea here is um, I'm not perfect. Use a sarcasm saying, okay, well, the ones who really are perfect. If anybody's perfect, it would be who Paul. Have this attitude. Uh, he's saying, think this way. Uh, be intent on this. Set your mind on this. As many as are perfect have this Attitude, have this way of thinking. This this thought of what he's presented in this goal, the prize, the upward call of Christ, to be made like Christ. That whole thinking there, pressing towards the goal, pressing on. And he says, "But if anything, but if in anything you have a different attitude, if you're not agreeing with this, if you don't have this same kind of thinking." Do you think that's a remote possibility there? Well, then the attitude of they're righteous on their own accord, is that mm-hmm. what you're sitting there saying? It could be saying, going along with that word perfect, as in perfection. If you're thinking differently on that, and that you, that you are, then Change your uh, they're, they're really not interested in pursuing the prize, really pursuing Christ. They're interested in looking at the past of what they've done. Paul already did that in chapter 3. He had a long list and he says, everything there was gain to me. And then, I counted it as loss or, or uh, rubbish. as rubbish or trash. Because that's what they're counting on. What they have done. Paul has already stated if anybody was a true Israelite, it was me. I 
that and I know good well yeah. that that can't be. If I could have earned my way into heaven, into Jesus right. Christ's court, I would have accomplished it. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. Now, are there Christians, I'm talking about real Christians, that are content with where they are in the race? Would you guys tend to think that there probably are a couple or three people somewhere in the church, uh, Jesus Christ, all of the world, that are really content <clears throat> in the sense, now we are to be content people, but we're talking about content with their relationship with Christ. They, in other words, they've arrived. They don't need to get any further in the race. Have they, have they finished the race? A lot of people are just happy where they're at. I'm a Christian. I go to church. I read the Bible once a week. And that's it. But their attainment, uh, they're justifying maybe what they've attained, but they're not really focusing on where they're going. And so they, uh, they really uh, don't recognize their real need. They're not really making this Effort, this concentration so on Christ. Yes, sliding by. How about an athlete who goes out for baseball, but he never practices? Uh, a tennis player never practices, never disciplines himself. Because he likes to play the game, but he doesn't like to do the exercises and everything it takes to be a winner. Or a soccer player. They don't stick with it and be focused on it. They're not going to win, you know. And then why are they even in it, right? But uh, there's an importance of pursuing it. And it's like, boy, this is serious stuff, isn't it? But it's something that really encourages us because sometimes we need to wake up and realize, oh, there's a goal at the end of this. This is where we're really shooting for. So. He's saying, if you think of anything other than what I've said about pursuing Christ, and you don't listen to this, then God's going to reveal it also to you. God will reveal that also to you. You know, let's say, uh, I can't make an impact on you with what I've said. It'll have to be God that changes you. I can't do it. Nobody can change anybody anyway. It's only God. But he simply says, uh, hey, I have to leave you to God then. You know, if you're disagreeing with this, because this, this is what the Christian life is. This is what it really is about. So, Paul says, look, you'll have to recognize that in pursuing the prize that you are dependent on divine resources. And that's for all of us, isn't it? There'll be those times when we won't have this attitude. Will there be days where we won't have an attitude like this? Yeah, there will be. Forbid that it is, but to be honest, yeah, we'd rather just kind of lay down. I think I'll get back up after a while. I need to take a rest. There are times when we have a different attitude and only God can move us. We looked earlier in passage 10 where it talks about the fellowship of his sufferings. I think those are the times that sometimes those come along because we did have the blood attitude and he awakens us to that there is a war going on. We need yep. to uh, armor ourselves back up and get prepared. We were in the middle of doing it. He's not done Does this us. happen to all of us? Yeah, yeah it does. Oh, yeah. It does. Uh, can we do a belly flop on the track? Lord, I'm trying everything, and here I am. And do we just quit then? No, I'll tell you what. Uh, God will reveal that to us. If you're really His, He's going to get you back up. Uh, it might be a strain, but He's going to move us along. There are times when we have a different attitude, but God moves us. I like that, you know, because it's real. You know, it's it's like, man, can it go any further? Well, we have the end of the race to go to. I think of Paul who wrote to Timothy, very last letter to Timothy. And, you know, he said, Well, this was Paul. This is not meant for us today, is it? 
Oh, I read it, but it's not. Just read about Paul, Jesus. It's Second Timothy chapter four, verse seven. Paul knows he's in his last hours. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I've kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. Who are the ones who love His appearing? That's all Christians, isn't it? The crown of righteousness. You know what righteousness is? It's perfection. That's waiting for us. He will finally be sinless. So that's what He's saying here. I want God to bring into your life whatever it takes to move you on the path of pursuing the prize. How about that? Does that, does that help? Does that make sense? Uh, there's one more element in pursuing this. Verse 16. We'll close on this part. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. You know, it's like, okay, this is the pa- where you've come from in the past. Here you are now. What you know to be true, what you know to be right, what is supposed to be, you know, think on these things, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, all of those things that have been in our lives that God has put in there and we know to be true and right, live by that same standard. We have whisked away sin, don't live in it, move on. And that's the beauty of it. He He doesn't want us to linger in stuff that weighs us down. He knows that that hurts us. He knows it tears us up. He wants us to be, you know, moving on. So, you know, it's a consistent thing. Uh, It's not by uh, an intermittent effort. He says, let us keep living. You know, keep doing this. Move along that path. That that keep living, it's a, I think it's really kind of like a military term. Tony, you might like that. When, when, uh, when you were in uh, the Marines, when you would get in line, um, you would have to, like when you'd march, for instance, would you say that it was like to stay in line, to stay in step, to be, you know, because you, you what would happen if one guy would get out of the line? <laughs> so it was, it was a matter of, what's that? Yeah, right. Nobody was there, right? And that's the idea of this right here. It's really a military term. Um, let us keep living. Let us keep doing that. Keep living. It's, uh, in battle order, staying in line, staying in step, being consistent. Okay, not being in the line and then out of the line and then back in, right? Or getting left foot, left foot, left, right foot, left. Uh, I remember I had to try to march whenever I was in band in the seventh grade. Oh man, I had enough trouble playing the saxophone out there and holding that and then marching left, right, left, right. I'm a guy who has a little trouble chewing gum and doing left, right. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I would fall out of step sometimes. And I got yelled at a few times by the band leader. That's the way it went. Anyway, stay in line. Stay in line. Hold the principle tightly. What you know to be true, hold on. Hold on. You know what Paul says? Look, in Christ, I have much. I used to think that I had great gain. Now I have great gain. I don't have perfection yet. As far as my practical living, I still have my struggles. Even Paul. I must pursue with everything the Lord has given me. Now why do you do that, Paul? To gain the prize. Well, how hard do you do it? With maximum effort. Well, how focused are you, Paul? I concentrate on nothing else. Mind, my heart, 
My eyes on Him. How dependent on God are you, Paul? Well, when I fail, I trust that He will reveal to me, just like it said in this verse here, my failure, and move me out, and move me on. Because, you see, He forgets that. You know, it's not that He, but you know, it keeps reminding you of your sin. Who likes to remind you of your sin? Now, it's not to say that we're not convicted by the Holy Spirit, but really Satan loves to plant that into our minds. And so when we fail, we confess it, and we trust that He will show us how we can move on. What's the secret, Paul? And here's where we end. What's the secret? Being consistent. Living by that same standard which we have attained. It could get almost, in a sense, lackadaisical. But he says, keep moving on to what you know to be right. Be consistent in the Word of God. Be consistent in your prayer life. Be consistent in following the example of Christ, the example of Paul, the example of others. And God will also bring trials in our life to shape us because He disciplines us or trains us so that we can finish this race like Paul did as he wrote to Timothy. And um, I think of that again. And wouldn't you like to come to the end of your life and say, I have fought the fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And I know what's there. He kept his eye on the crown of righteousness. Anyway, that's why I started last week on this text. It's something that I think can be encouraging us to us all. I usually don't just take a few verses and just plop it out. But we're in between studies right now. And I was hoping that this would be something encouraging to me. And in turn, as Paul writes here, that it would be encouraging to us because we need to be reminded of this. We're all on this on this race together. And you know what the best part about it is? All of us are going to win. It'd be, nice, it'd be nice to keep moving in that same direction all together at the same speed without being knocked down, wouldn't it? Let's pray. Father, thank You for this evening and may this Word of Yours be powerful to us I might fall short in presenting your truth, but I do know what has been written here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that it can make a difference in our lives. And that's really what we want. We want to be true to your truth. So help us, Lord, to live this life out in the way that will honor you. And that helps us get further on the track as we look towards Christ the goal, the prize. We will be like Him. In Jesus' name, Amen.